podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Here comes Bosco's Boys, here comes Bosco's Boys, right down Bosco's Boys Lane. Santa Claus, Scott, and all the boneheads on Willie's crazy train. Chauncey's chewing on a crimson elephant toy, what a beautiful noise. Hang your stockings and fill them with sugar, here comes Bosco's Boys. the boys are back for a Wednesday live show. I, I think that we have been doing these live shows, you know, for the better part of, uh, I think over two years. Um, I think this started 2020, I think is when we started these going live almost every single Wednesday night this entire time. I think there have been very few weeks where we have not gone live. Uh, and it's one of my favorite things about this podcast. I hope everyone who is listening on the RSS feed, and I hope everyone who participates enjoys it as well as the holidays are creeping up on us. Uh, you know, the live shows will probably be a little shorter for a little bit. I'm sure, uh, you know, a handful of folks, uh, some of the usuals may or may not be able to get in here, but that's all right. We will go live. We have some good topics uh, to talk about tonight, or at least I think so. Granted, I came up with them, so I'm a little biased. Before we get into it, remember, we are sponsored by the best brewery in the state of Kansas, Manhattan Brewing Company. If you like craft beer, I guarantee they're going to have something that you love at their tap room. If you don't like craft beer, guess what? They're going to have something you like, I promise. And they have a full bar. They also have some of the best Christmas decorations in the entire state. So check out Manhattan Brewing Company the next time you're in Manhattan. As well, check out Charlie Hustle, charliehustle.com. For all of your gift-giving needs, if you're giving yourself a gift, uh, also check out their store right there on the Country Club Plaza, as well as some of the select retailers in the Manhattan area. I don't know if they want me saying this. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I also don't know if Charlie Hustle listens to all these shows. I'm currently wearing a crew neck sweatshirt that I got from the K-State Superstore that is not on the Charlie Hustle website. So hashtag no free ads for the uh, K-State Superstore. But if you're looking for maybe a uh, certain pretty stylish looking Charlie Hustle crew neck sweatshirt, go check out K-State Superstore online and in person. And hell, K-State Superstore wants to sponsor us, you know, slide in the DMs. Let's get into it tonight. Uh, we have a good topic list. I'm drinking a Manhattan Brewing Company uh, uh, tasty IPA. I have my Christmas lights up. I, I had a Christmas movie on before this. I'm in a very festive mood. Uh, so let's get into it. Actually, let, let's do let's do a uh, a little festive uh, question icebreaker. Getting into uh, the show, 
Um, let's just hear what is your best Christmas hot take for the folks up on stage as we wait for a few more people to trickle in. We'll start with the coffee fiend, Nick, who uh, I was brewing up some uh, standard issue coffee this morning. Again, hashtag no free ads. Check out uh, standard issue coffee for all your coffee needs. Nick, what is your Christmas time hot? Yeah, thanks for the shout out. Um, Christmas hot take. Um, I think it's not the, uh, I think that, uh, hold on. I had it here. Um, it's been a long day. Um, I think that eggnog is not what people, uh, sought out it to be. You know, I think eggnog is probably one of the worst drinks ever. And it just, every time I try it for other people's sake, it's just not that it makes me want to throw up. Hey, you know what? I'm not a big eggnog guy uh, either. Uh, let's go to Aaron next. Aaron, what is your Christmas time hot? Yeah, I'm a big believer in that uh, Santa gifts on Christmas morning should be unwrapped. The, the big man comes down the chimney, drops them off under the tree, unwrapped Santa gifts. I'm right there with you uh, in, in our household growing up and uh, for Chauncey. Uh, it's stocking gifts, N- nothing too crazy. Always some good stuff. Uh, some, a little bit of candy, you know, some smaller gifts, uh, in the stocking, but I agree. Santa is not wrapping those gifts. Uh, let's go to the ambassador himself, the rodeo cat ambassador. What is your Christmas hot take? Not only is it a Christmas movie, but Die Hard is a top three Christmas. I watched Die Hard for the first time ever last year. Um, I was going back and forth the entire time, whether it was a Christmas movie. I landed on it being a Christmas movie. Not in my top three, though. Uh, but that's fine. Everyone likes their own Christmas movies. Uh, let's go to Colorado Cole, live from Colorado. Colorado Cole, what is your Christmas time hot Yeah, I don't know if this really counts as a hot take, but I actually like eggnog. Um, I would say... It's probably about 50-50 if you really took a, a poll of the U.S. population, but I think it's good. It tastes like melted ice cream, and it gets you drunk, so that's like two things that I like, so that's my... Yeah, I actually made a uh, Christmas old-fashioned uh, the other night. I made some cranberry simple syrup, uh, and that officially is my uh, Christmas cocktail uh of uh of the season and let's go to the man the myth the legend someone who i hope is going to be in a lot more live shows now that it is basketball season you may know him as ksu underscore fan i know him as one of the best humans i know jimmy goheen jimmy merry christmas my friend what is your christmas hot day well first you need to make me one of those cranberry Christmas old fashioned. Yes, yes, I, I, I will do that. It, it, it is delicious. Honestly, uh, making different type of simple syrups, very easy. I, I watch a YouTube video on it. it. It becomes very easy. I do a full orange wedge in there as well and a cinnamon stick. So really, I mean, is it really an old fashioned if I'm doing all that extra stuff? I don't know, but I like it. I think it is. You need to tweet tweet the video out. Yeah, I, I will. Well, so I kind of came up with that, that recipe. I just watched all these different videos on how to make different simple syrups. Yes, um, that, that yes. video would be interesting, I think. Yes, Any, yes. I, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll tweet. My, my hot take would be everybody should watch 
Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas at least once every Christmas season. It's it's a classic, especially if you're a Brown my age. It's kind of a niche movie, uh, and my kids hate it, which means it's good. I've never seen it, so is it on any of the streaming services? I I think it was on Hulu last year, but I'm not for sure. Anyway, okay, it's, it's, it's I, it's I might have to check it out. I might have to check it out. All right. I love it. I love getting in the Christmas season. We will have a uh, another Christmas question at the end of this episode. It is my favorite uh, time of the year. Um, we got some basketball talk, but we're going to start with football talk because, um, and, and I'm sure some of the folks who are better historians than me uh, might have answers to this, but I feel like it's been a long time since we've had four dudes on different All-American teams. Deuce Vaughn has been uh, first team as a running back, as an all-purpose back, as an all-purpose player. He's made some second teams as well. We've seen Cooper Beebe as a first and second team uh, offensive guard, offensive lineman. We've seen, um, of course, Felix Anudike Uzama as a all-American edge. I don't think I've seen him on a first team, but a lot of second teams. And then Malik Knowles as an all-purpose player, uh, got on uh, CBS's second team All-American list. So I just want to go around um, go around the room and ask you guys, what do these honors do for these guys' legacies? I think that uh, th- there can be a, a lot of different uh, conversations around all four of these uh, K-State players. And I think these honors do different things for all four of them. So it's going to be pretty open-ended. I just kind of would love to hear what you guys think. Uh, and we're going to start with Aaron. Aaron, uh, all four of these guys making All-American teams, you can do it as a group. You can do individuals. Take it however you want. But what do these honors and this season do for these four players? Like, Yeah, so as a group, you know, the four of them, the first thing you got to say is Big 12 champions. I think that's the most important thing. There's so many different publications and, you know, are you a first team, a second team, are you all purpose? So again, the all American honors are are great, but the first thing you got to think of with all four of these guys now is big 12 champions. On top of that, it's the plays that they've made throughout their careers. You know, the iconic Deuce Vaughn run from the championship game. I think back to Malik Knowles, Starkville, Mississippi, uh, shout out, rest in peace, uh, Coach Mike Leach. Malik Knowles taking back a kickoff return for a touchdown down in Starkville. Those types of plays come to mind, but really finishing their careers, again, we'll see how the rest of them uh, end up, you know, whether they declare, come back, et cetera. But Big 12 champions is really the first thing I think about. The other thing to add on to that is they all did it in a, in a different way, right? Felix, you know, coming in as a developmental prospect, someone who really wasn't going to play football, You had a guy like Deuce Vaughn, who did have some big-time offers. And then a guy like Malik Knowles, who he's been through a lot. BB, you know, a Kansas kid, born and bred. I mean, it's just it's great to see that we continue to develop players in all different forms and fashions. But, again, at the end of the day, they're all Big 12. I love it. I love it. Let's go to the coffee fiend next. Nick, what do these honors do for these players' legacy at K-State? So it just kind of shows your their true character and their true um, grit and determination and obviously leadership too on battling through the different circumstances throughout their career. Um, obviously COVID season and then the 
kind of a you know bounce back year, uh, only winning eight season eight wins, but the expectations we have is um, they they exceeded them this year, and they deserve all all the All American honors, and this will not only cement their uh, part in K State legacy, but um, I know most of them will go to the NFL draft and get selected or get un- uh, undrafted uh, free agent. And um, this will help them uh, get noticed by the big uh, NFL team. So um, couldn't be more proud of what they've all accomplished. We'll go next to Cole. Cole, uh, what, what does this kind of add to the legacies of these four players, whether individually or as a group? It wasn't a fluke. You know, we didn't trip and fall our way into a Big 12 title. Um, no, we had dudes. Um, and I think it's just, uh, like it's been said, I think trophies carry a lot of weight as far as Lexi goes. But as far as these guys personally, it's something that they have that can never be taken away. You know, records are broken. There will be more Big 12 titles. But these guys will be All-Americans for life. And – Feel super happy for them. I mean, I don't know the eyes of a NFL draft scout, but I'd like to think that being an All-American might turn some heads a little bit and help them move up the board. That would be awesome. But overall, just got to be happy for the guys and a group of guys that definitely – Next, we will go to the rodeo cat, the ambassador, Ethan. Ethan, uh, your fellow students, what what, what do uh, these All-American all honors do for their – legacies as K-State Wild. You know, I'm, I think it was Aaron who said, I'm just going to echo this, but just how just how the expectation level for each of them and the journeys that they had were also different. And, you know, um, just looking at it, maybe how, because I'm an undergrad with them, I might not see them like, like I'll see them the same as like, my my classmate Deuce who sat a few rays behind me in class or something but for them it's like it, it is like a like a a group effort but also the individual achievements that they can put their name to on this magical season all right we'll go to Jimmy next Jimmy what does this do for these players legacies uh, a couple things the first thing I always think of and and you know I I've, I think I've heard Kleiman mention this and and as, as I've coached for a long time, we've said it to our players as well, that team success usually leads to individual honors for a bunch of guys. And when your team's really good, uh, usually it shows up with, with having guys earn all league or all conference or all American, whatever it is at your level. So that to me, that signifies that those two things go hand in hand. It also, uh, you know, it cements their legacy, but it cements the legacy of, of a program that develops players, not that these guys weren't talented out of high school, but, you know, they were all, what, three-star kids at, at the most? Yeah, I, I think to... Deuce was a three-star, but I actually think everyone else either was unranked or a two-star. Yeah, so, so I mean, credit them for the work they put in, obviously, uh, but also coaching and, and strength conditioning and all those things go hand-in-hand. Hand. And But they had ultimately, they had to do the work, but uh, to, to – to develop and, and have those guys earn that and, and show with the success on the field is, is a pretty cool thing to see. And, 
but again, echoes that those things happen when you when your team wins, and usually it's because you have guys like that. Yeah, I I think, and I mentioned this a little bit uh, earlier in the week, and I I'm sure I'll mention it again on Monday. But I really think that for these guys as individuals, I think this really does put Deuce Vaughn. Uh, you know, he was a consensus All American last year. I don't think he's going to get consensus first team uh, this year, but uh, first team uh, on so many of these different levels. I think that cements him, if not on the Mount Rushmore of uh, K-State, you know, skill players, non-quarterback skill players, so running backs, wide receivers. um, He's right there on the cusp uh, as truly as an all-time great, a ring of honor type guy. Uh, I think in a similar fashion now, Cooper Beebe, uh, getting first-team All-American honors, being the Big 12 Offensive Lineman of the Year, that puts him in that same rarefied air as some of the other offensive linemen because I believe he is only the third offensive lineman at K-State to have first-team honors. Uh, Felix, it shows that, hey, he was not just a one-year wonder, uh, kind of cementing uh, his legacy as, hey, he was a dominant player for two straight years being the defensive player of the year, defensive lineman of the year, and then getting all these second-team All-American honors. And then for Malik Knowles, I I really think that, especially because it wasn't as a returner, it wasn't as an all-purpose player, which is the same designation that Deuce has in a couple of these and what he had last year, what he was able to do not only catching the ball but running the ball this year, I think it is the perfect kind of encapsulation of what we all knew this player could be. Um, it's, uh, God, I, I'm just so happy for Malik as well. Um, if anyone wants to make any uh, final shout outs to these guys and their individual honors, uh, now is the time. Otherwise, we'll move on uh, the floor. Okay, we will move on. All right, basketball. We are at, and again, it's kind of for basketball, it it isn't a finite, it is not an exact number uh, that you could say with uh, football because, hey, we you know, at most you're playing 14, 15 games uh, for football. Basketball, it's a little up in the air, but I always consider this 10-game mark to be the, you know, 33% mark on the season. Um, and again, it's wild to think, hey, uh, we're only just now about ready to focus completely on men's basketball as we're prepping for the bowl game. And, hey, you're already a third of the way over. But I, I, I'm interested to hear everyone's thoughts. And what are, what are your opinions on this basketball team at this, you know, one-third mark? Are they exceeding expectations? Are they meeting expectations? Just what are your initial thoughts the first 10 games into the Jerome Tang era? We'll go back to Jimmy to start for this. I would go with um, probably at least slightly exceeding my expectations. Um, I, you know, I do think maybe a couple of the teams we played were a little weaker than maybe we anticipated them being. Uh, but still, to be nine and one, um, one loss on the road to a, a pretty good Butler team, not a great Butler team, but I think the night we played them, they looked really good in my opinion. Um, and to to kind of come together as as quickly as they have under Jerome Tang, I think is significant. Um, 
uh, Keontae Johnson is, is a certifiable stud and should be an all Big 12 type player. Um, Marquise is looking really good. Um, then it's going to be up to who's going to be our third, fourth, fifth guys and what, what are their ceilings going to be. I think that, that's going to dictate how, how high this team can go in the league. And that's going to come down to guys like Tomlin and Sills and, and Gisson and how they play um, from here on out. But I'm really happy with what I've seen. I think uh, I think Saturday will be a good test. I think Nebraska's a lot better player with Derek Walker, and uh, they're a lot better team than we saw last year in Lincoln. So um, it'll be a fun game. Uh, get past that one, and and we can start looking forward to Big 12 play and see. Yeah, after I made some comments on uh, Monday about that game, uh, I was reached out to. It sounds like they're anticipating anywhere between ten to 11,000 fans in uh, the T-Mobile Center, which is going to uh, get us uh, back on the correct trajectory after the last few games in the T-Mobile Center uh, not being as well attended. And they're, they're saying – uh, the, the anticipation is that's going to be 80% K-State fans. So it might be a little bit more of a favorable home court, truly home court advantage than I was giving it credit for. So shout out to uh, the folks at K-State who listened, who wanted to make sure I was set straight. So I, I'm really looking forward to that game. Uh, let's go next to the ambassador. Ethan, what are your thoughts? 10 games into the Jerome Tang era, exceeding expectations, meeting expectations, and uh, what do you think uh, the next twenty plus games are going to have in store? I was kind of surprised when you said when you made the correct analogy that we really are a third of the way done with the basketball season because frankly I can't I can't I still can't comprehend that we have Keontae Johnson and that Keontae Johnson is as good as Keontae Johnson is. With that said, they're meeting my expectations with the recent ad of Keontae. Um, so, yeah, meeting expectations. The Butler game was really hard. The Nevada game was really fun. And the Wichita State game was Yeah, I tell you what. I was watching that Wichita State game. Uh, I ended up going back to my hotel room because I had a flight leaving Dallas at 5.30 the next morning. I was watching that game. I was on the edge of my bed. My adrenaline was probably way too high, uh, you know, for the day I was having. But I am so glad uh, by hook or by crook to be up 2-0 and on Wichita State in this new series with them. Let's go next to Aaron. Aaron, at the uh, 33% mark, are they meeting expectations, exceeding expectations? Uh, just what's your report card 10 games in? Yeah, i got to agree with Jimmy. I think uh... – Slightly exceeding expectations uh, is about right. I think, again, you you can only play the teams on your schedule. Uh, you know, you realize that, you know, the coaching staff had at the Cal game and some of these other, you know, contests were already set in place. So you can only play who's in front of you. I think uh, you have some opportunities to improve, but I think the coaching staff is addressing them in the right way. So, again, I think we're slightly exceeding expectations and uh, looking forward to Saturday. The one thing I'll say to this, and, and you know, I hope I don't get a DM for this, I think it's fine uh, for Jerome Tang to say what he did uh, in the postgame press conference. Uh, but I think one of the most important things, especially with a basically brand new uh, roster, being a first-time head coach, uh, I, I know he says he would like a tougher non-conference schedule, um, but I, I think this set up perfectly 
for uh, Jerome Tang. Uh, I, I don't think that, uh, and, and I actually don't believe him when he said he he wishes it, he he could have scheduled things a little bit differently. I think this schedule has worked out perfectly for Jerome Tang. I think it we'll see changes moving forward, but first season ever as a head coach, one hundred percent or ninety percent brand new team never played together. I think this has worked out perfectly. Uh, we'll go to Colorado Cole next. Cole, uh, 10 games in, meeting expectations, uh, exceeding expectations, and what, what are you hoping to see over the next 20-plus games? Yeah, say so, um, seems like they're definitely exceeding expectations, especially as far as, like, you know, the average college basketball viewer goes. Um, I think it's been nice to see them win some close games. Uh Obviously, like you were just talking about, we've played some cupcakes, but we took care of business. And uh, I do think that LSU win is going to turn out to be a pretty good win. They're looking pretty solid right now. I think they're sitting at 9-1. and one. Um, So that could end up, uh, I don't know exactly how they dignify them, but a quad one win or quad two, depending on how it cuts out. Um Going forward, obviously, like you said, it's weird to say we're 33% through the season. feels like we just started. Um, but obviously, you'd like to see them keep improving um, and start to gel a little more. And, you know, as the competition gets tougher, you need to see the, the, uh, the play on the court continue to elevate. That's a great point on LSU. LSU beat Wake Forest, uh, and they're nine and one. Um, you know, again, I think that is the big signature win for them. I don't think their, uh, I don't think their uh, schedule has been overly tough, but they did win uh, ver- versus uh, Wake Forest in the Holiday Hoops Giving event, whatever that is. No idea what that is, but the Wake Forest team isn't a slouch at all. So that's a pretty good win for LSU. Uh, and they were in a very similar situation. So it'll be interesting to follow their trajectory versus ours throughout this season, uh, them and Missouri. All three programs basically building from the ground up with brand new coaches. Uh, so it'll be interesting to kind of measure ourselves up against those uh, programs in the SEC and I'll tell you this, I really wish we had Missouri on uh, our schedule because I think uh, I think Dennis Gates is going to be a good coach, but I think it's going to take him a little bit longer than one year. All right, we're going to get into talking about this big game versus Nebraska, but remember, we are sponsored by the best craft brewery in the state of Kansas, Manhattan Brewing Company. The next time you are in Manhattan, go to downtown Manhattan right on points. Check them out. If you get in there during the Christmas season, they have amazing Christmas decorations, including an upside down Christmas tree hung from the ceiling. I love it in Manhattan Brewing. And of course, Charlie Hustle. I'm wearing the most comfortable crew neck sweatshirt I own. I'm not kidding, folks. I think I have eight different crew neck sweatshirts from Charlie Hustle. Even before they sponsored the show, I was buying them because they're so comfortable. They sent me a couple, I bought a couple more. Uh, I promise you, if you are a crew neck sweatshirt guy or even a hoodie, they have hoodies as well, you will have your new favorite crew neck. I promise you. If you disagree, DM me and we'll fight. 
Uh, but I promise you, it will be the most comfortable sweatshirt you own. All right, big game on Saturday versus the former Big 8 and Big 12 rival, Nebraska. Nebraska went into Creighton's house, got the win, took Purdue to overtime. Again, their win-loss record, I think they're sitting close to about 500. But those two games versus top five opponents have been the crown jewels of their season so far. I'm going to start with you, Jimmy. Jimmy, uh, what are you hoping to see versus the mayor and this uh, Nebraska Cornhusker team? What would be a key to V, and ultimately, what is the score going to be? Yeah, I, I, I hope to see us get off to a good start. Uh, we saw that against uh, Incarnate Word, who's not very good, but it's still good to, to get off to a good start. Uh, this this team has seemed to struggle with putting, uh, you know, as, as Coach Tang says, 30 to 35 minutes of good basketball together. And they seem to, to be able to play 15-minute stretches really well. Um, so um, I, w- I would – one thing I'd like to see is, is a little more complete ball game. Um, also a challenge of, of facing what I think is a really good big man in Derek Walker for Nebraska – um, he missed their first five or six games, which is part of the reason they're six and five, I think. Um, probably would have a couple more wins if he'd played early. Um, so so that challenge of, of, of can we guard him, I, you know, I, I go back to uh, the Butler game and their big man gave us fits. And he was you know, more of a six, eight, six, nine kind of guy that was athletic, which I think, you know, fits the profile of Derek Walker for Nebraska. So <clears throat> that'd be number one. Um, can I think you know the key to K State's defense is forcing turnovers, um, but in our two losses, um, both teams shot sixty percent or better on two point baskets, which you know I think that will probably be maybe the key to the to the game is can we hold Nebraska to fifty percent or under on twos, and then you know hope you know three point shooting you know we also allowed forty percent to both Butler and Nevada our two worst defensive games of the year, um, so. Hopefully we can we can keep the three point shooting down, but I, I really think the key will be in the paint. K State's at, at its best when we're scoring in the paint. We're kind of keeping teams down in the paint, finishing around the rim. And I do th- I do see K State winning this game. I think it'll be close, maybe something like seventy five to seventy. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun, and uh, it, hopefully another powerful. I love it. Let's go to Cole next. Cole, what are you hoping to see? What are some keys to V? You can fold those into each other. And then uh, what are you expecting? What is your prediction going to be? Yeah, um, I think keys of victory are Saturday. Just got to stay tough and roll the punches. Um, Nebraska's played some tough teams already, so they're not going to be surprised by anything we throw at them. Uh, I think if we can just get our guys, you know, Feed the hot hand. Try to avoid a scoring drought. I think we can win. Um, I think we're going to come out on top. Oof, I'm going to say 69 to 63. A very nice uh, total, if you ask me. We'll go Aaron and then the ambassador. Aaron, what are you hoping to see? Any keys to V? And then uh, what do you think the prediction is going to be versus our old friends, the Nebraska Cornhuskers? Yeah, like two things, just early in the game, the intensity, uh, especially on the defensive end inside. Uh, I think they're going to have some guys that will 
Uh-oh. Might have hit a dead zone for Aaron. Maybe give us a... Problems inside, uh, some good size, length, athleticism. Um, it's not a team that's, you know, really going to put up a ton of points, but I do think that we're going to need to come out, um, you know, put the ball in the basket, especially from three. Different arena, neutral site environment, um, something to keep. Okay, well, uh, we're going to move on to the ambassador uh, as Aaron is driving through a dead zone, it sounds like. Uh, Ethan, what are you hoping to see on Saturday, and uh, what sort of prediction do you have for the game? Yeah, um, I'm just going to reiterate what everyone says. I think we have to be active in the passing lanes. We have to be gritty on defense, and they're going to want to slow the game down, so we're going to have to play with some tempo. We're going They don't want to run with us. But so we're gonna so when it goes when it comes to a score prediction based on that, um, they're gonna try and stop the flow of the game. We're trying to run up the tempo. I'm gonna go somewhere like seventy-seven to uh, seventy-two win for us. There we go. We got Cameron up on stage as well. Cameron, big basketball matchup with Nebraska on Saturday in the T-Mobile Center here in Kansas City. Uh, what are you hoping to see from that game? If you have any keys to be, you can share them. And then what is your prediction for that one? Uh, yeah, I really think uh, I'd like to see us just like come out hot, you know, not fall fall behind. I really feel like uh, that'll help us, obviously. Uh, I think the uh, team mobile center is going to be uh, packed in purple and it's going to be jumping. So uh, I think we're going to come out on top easily. I'm going to say uh, Cats 90 Cornhuskers, 78. Ooh, all right. High score, and I love it. I love it. All right. Uh, that's uh, all the specific content or questions. Now it is time for a little game called Cheers and Jeers. It's the holiday season, so I want you guys to hand out a cheers, a compliment, a celebration, whatever you would like to anyone, anything, any, you know, just get creative with it in the world of college athletics, and then Follow it up with a jeers, the exact opposite uh, for anything. So uh, I think you guys will uh, be able to get creative with this. I think you guys will hopefully have some fun with this one. Uh, let's go to Cole first. Cole, hand out a Christmas cheer and a Christmas jeer to anything you want. Yeah, I'll give out my cheer to our athletic director, Gene Taylor. Um I think looking back, he's made some some solid moves that weren't uh, popular amongst the fans at the time, and he's turned out looking pretty good, looking like a smart guy himself. Um, so cheers to Eugene Taylor. I'm sure you're going to listen to this, so have yourself a nice, lukewarm Bud Light. Uh, shoot me your Venmo. I'll buy you a Bud Light. Just one, though. Um, and Jeer... Uh, this is really all I can think of, probably due to recency bias, but my jeer goes out to Chris Beard. Uh, no explanation needed on that one. Um, and, yeah, not shout out Chris Beard. That was- yeah, uh, lots of jeers to Chris Beard. Uh, I feel pretty confident in saying that I, I don't need to wait to hear anything more. I'm pretty sure he's just a massive fucking piece of shit. Um, all right, let's go to Ethan next, the ambassador. Ethan, hand out a Christmas cheer and a Christmas jeer. Gladly. I'll hand out a cheer to 
um, Alec Handlin, the senior on the video team, been putting he's been on a senior season of sorts, putting out great hype videos for the football team. Uh, I just retweeted his latest masterpiece. And a uh, big shout out to him. My jeer would have to be for anyone coming at Coach Bill Snyder um, on Twitter. He's a great Twitter follow and an even better human being. And uh, it, that was just uncalled for to slander his. Yeah, I, I, I am, I'm someone who is critical, especially of the end of the Bill Snyder era. But the fact that there were more than just one, there were uh, quite a few folks who were upset with Bill Snyder tweeting about Mike Leach um, was flabbergasting. Uh, here's the thing. I think it, I think as we saw the timeline uh, play out, I think it's quite obvious that Bill Snyder got the information. He was not wrong in the information. He was just trying to honor a coach that he coached against and has known for the better part of the last 30 years. Um, lots of crossover between Mike Leach uh, and Bill Snyder. Uh, so the fact that there were some uh, wannabe blue checks out there trying to get mad at Bill Snyder, just trying to honor Mike Leach, uh, they can take a fucking lap. Uh, so that's a good one, Ethan. And I'll also take this time. Um, look, we're, we're not a podcast that covers any of the teams Mike Leach coached at. Uh, I'm not going to pretend that I knew him or anything like that, but he was an entertaining guy. Uh, he was a very good football coach, but he was able to do it places like Lubbock, Texas, like Pullman, Washington, and like Starkville, Mississippi. Uh, the guy is going to be missed in the college sports world. So uh, shout out to Mike Leach, and my thoughts are with his family and all the uh, fans of those teams as well. Ethan, and, go ahead. Yeah, one last thing. There is a rule. Um, he's going to change the rules about who can get into the coaching Hall of Fame because there's a there's a rule that you have to have uh, a 60 percent winning percentage as a coach. And the fact that he got to 59.6 at your Texas Techs, your Washington States, briefly at Mississippi State, I think they're going to have to rewrite the rules for for Mike Lee. For sure. We'll go to Cam next. Cam. Uh... Christmas cheer and jeers to anyone you'd like. Uh, so my cheer is uh, going to Coach Tang. Uh, obviously happy with uh, where the team's at right now, but also just uh, him and his leadership and uh, just how involved he is with the community. And uh, I'm sure all you guys saw and are familiar with uh, Mike Stanley and his son uh, Brody, or everyone that's uh, involved in the K-State family, I'm sure knows a little bit about them. And just the uh, seeing all like the pictures and videos that uh both of them the athletic department and mike posted this past weekend of brody up there at the game that was just really cool and like gave you that like uh warm fuzzy feeling inside you know just like wow this is cool that the links that uh coach tang and the athletic athletic department have gone and uh my jeer uh definitely going to the uh what's that guy's name i can't remember uh Eli Dorkowitz. Yeah, that is exactly of, uh, how it's pronounced. Perfect, perfect pronunciation. Of uh, the inbred university down south, uh, Missouri. Yeah, that that uh, sign he had at the uh, the game against Kansas. Now, I would say if it was anyone else in the stands, that'd be like really funny. But just like the fact that your head, the head coach of your football team, is doing that is just like that's supposed to be like your leader. Like that's just. Uh, 
kind of distasteful and just a bad look all around. And especially when you're going six and six, if you want to do that, you gotta, you gotta be a little better than that. Yeah. I think he might've been able to get away with it if he didn't uh, specifically dodge uh, KU in the bowl game and make an absolute ass of himself in uh, his press conference and on social media about it. Um, Again, I, I'm not someone I, – I probably give KU a little bit more uh, leeway than most K-State fans, but I'm definitely not out here riding for KU football and Lance Leipold or anything like that. Uh, but when it comes to the PR battle uh, about bowl games, uh, KU absolutely made the entire institution of the University of Missouri and Columbia, Missouri, look like clowns. Uh, so, you know what, uh, I think – Eli Drinkwitz, Dorkwitz, deserves a lot of jeers. I will finish this one up with Jimmy. Jimmy, uh, Christmas cheers and jeers to whoever you. My my Christmas cheer is is in general to Kansas State football depth, and I, I don't remember. I think I might have said it when I was on you, with you in the preseason that you know probably my biggest worry always with K State football is if key players get hurt, and you know the fact that we won a Big Twelve title and lost two key safeties, and even the Big 12 title game, Malik Knowles in the first half, and still pulled out that win, shows a lot about the depth of K-State football that probably goes a little bit even beyond what I would give them credit for um, before this season. And being able to absorb losses like that uh, on both sides of the ball, really, and still win a Big 12 title is, is pretty magnificent Knowles no, so, and Boydo in that championship yeah and Boydo I mean just crazy and then the two safeties for multiple games so and Adrian LSU. Martinez yeah I mean just all of that just crazy that you know all that is is very significant uh, my jeers would be more so to Iowa State fans but some KU fans that find any reason on Twitter to diminish K-State's Big 12 title and even this Big 12 title trophy uh, tour. Um, I don't respond to them because to me, it's just pure jealousy. And the fact that they are saying it says all those, says all that needs to be said that they're that jealous of K-State football and where we're at. Um, Iowa State fans can't claim any type of title and really anything for a long time. You know, they won some Big 12 titles in the early 2000s, they've got what they consider the pinnacle of sport, the Big 12 tournament title in basketball. But they've they've won nothing of significance, and they still come at us on Twitter. Uh, and then KU fans um, have never done anything in football of any significance for for so long. Um, but but the fact that they they even make comments is like just leave yourself alone, KU fans. You have plenty to celebrate. And you don't need to make comments about stuff that doesn't involve you. So um, those would be my jeers for this season. Yeah, I tell you what, the the Iowa State fans, especially showing their ass when it comes to uh, the Big 12 championship, that's funny. Uh, but, but the KU fans coming out of the wood, woodwork is what surprised me. I expected the Iowa State fans, KU fans getting so upset with the Big 12 championship. That was a little bit of a surprise, but hey. I think those are all great Christmas jeers and cheers. We're going to end it up with one final Christmas question before we call it a day. I will say this. I'm attempting to get a show published for Friday, so we make it this week. Next week again, guys, it's 
it's going to be 50-50 whether we get uh, the full five shows or not. We will have a live show on Wednesday, hopefully. Now, I believe that is National Signing Day, and I'm working on trying to possibly have a show with someone from the K-State football team on that Wednesday during the day so we could still have the show at night. Just stay tuned on Twitter, and once I know for sure, I will let you guys know. We'll plan on a show next Wednesday at 7 p.m., but just stay tuned on Twitter and the podcast feed. So uh, let's just hear it. What is your favorite Christmas song? And then uh, we'll call it a night. We'll start with Ooh, favorite Christmas song, man. That that's a tough one. Um, I'm I'm not a know, stickler tonight, so if you want to give me a few, that's fine as well. No, I, um, I've got a lot of good memories of of candlelight service and Silent Night. So I, I'm going to go with Silent Night and a nice candlelight service on Christmas Eve. Is that's a great one. We'll go to the ambassador next. Uh, I don't know how you follow that up. That sounds really nice. But uh, Last Christmas by Wham is is an absolute banger. It is a banger. And then the uh, music video is very, like, 1980s. So if you're someone who's nostalgic for the 80s or if, uh, you know, you're born in the 2000s and you uh, like to think of yourself as, like, a fan of the 80s despite not living through it, it's a great music video. I didn't live through the 80s either. I don't particularly even like the 80s, but it's a good music video. We'll go with Cameron now. Uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, All I Want for Christmas is You by uh, Mariah Carey. I, uh, I feel like it always just gets me in a good mood. And I work at a bar, and whenever that song comes on, everyone's singing, everyone's dancing. And uh, I just feel like there's not that many song, Christmas songs that you can play in a bar, and like that kind of uh, effect will happen. I also think like that's been like one of not just Christmas music, but like one of the most uh, successful songs commercially of all time. Like not, ju- not like any song, like any genre. So shout out to Miss Mariah Carey. Uh, that is probably the uh, Christmas song of all time. Uh, and we'll end this one with Cole. Cole, what is your Christmas song? Oh, my all-time favorite Christmas song is Christmas in Hollis by Run DMC. It's a great song. Uh, absolutely slaps. I'll even throw it on in the summer if I'm feeling jingly. Um, I recommend everyone go and cue that one up once we hop off this live. Yeah, it's Christmas time in Hollis, Queens. Uh, I think mom's cooking them collard greens. I believe that is how it starts. It's a great song. I, I am a fan of that one as well. I love all Christmas music, love all holiday music. So if you guys are uh, feeling in the spirit, uh, one of the final days I work, I always uh, will tweet out, all right, everyone, tell me what Christmas song to listen to, and I just cue it all up. So be prepared for that next week. Um, but that's all we have, uh, a little bit shorter than usual, but I want to thank everyone who participated, everyone who listened live, everyone who is listening on the RSS feed. So as you guys have heard me say the last few episodes during this holiday season, Uh, It it is the time of giving. It is the season of giving. So if you have the means to do so, please consider giving giving to a charitable organization that is near and dear to your hearts. Uh, Send a Christmas card. Your mom will love it, I promise. 
Uh, and that's all we have. I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays. And if you don't celebrate any of them, I just hope that you are enjoying this fun time of the year. So for Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup, the best dog and co-host in the world, for all the boneheads, we love you guys and go cat. Dashing through the snow. 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 Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. Or the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells and bombs are making sailors bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleigh song tonight. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is. To ride in a one-horse open sleigh Hey, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle, jingle Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle, jingle Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle, jingle bells A day or two ago I thought I'd take a ride and soon Miss Fanny Bride was seated by my side. The horse was lean and lame. Misfortune seemed in We got into a drifted bank and then we got upside. Upside? Jingle bells, jingle bells, jing, jing, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle, jingle, jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle, 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 Podcast Network.